0: Welcome to the Inside Job Podcast with your hosts, David Evans and Casper Chittingdon.
1: We're two Brighton-based life coaches on a mission to help men lead more purposeful, authentic and fulfilling lives.
0: So let us take you on a journey as we explore what keeps men stuck and discover the empowering beliefs, fresh conditioning and growth mindsets that lead us to live life to the the fullest. Today, Dave and I thought we would bring something I believe to be very powerful into the conversation. For those of you who've been listening to the episodes uh, thus far, uh, there may have been some time or some times within uh, these episodes that you may have felt a little bit of discomfort or some words that we have said may have triggered you. Last week we were in conversation with our podcast producer, she gave us feedback that a topic that Dave and I had covered earlier in the series had triggered her, made her stop and really think about what we were saying, how that had affected her and what that brought up for her. And Dave and I got off the call with our editor and we thought this is a great topic to bring into conversation mm-hmm. because as we're moving through our days, weeks and months, we get triggered some of us get triggered easier than others and we can often find ourselves in conversations that are uncomfortable. Mm. When I get triggered, there is a lot of discomfort that can come with with the trigger. And within this discomfort, there's a lot of narrative thoughts, uh, often negative, that, mm. that accompany these triggers. And from my experience, um, uh, through my own inner alchemy. I have learned that triggers and discomfort when reframed are a opportunity for growth Mm -hmm. and an opportunity to look a little deeper Mm -hmm. and to start to inquire as to why has this particular situation conversation, experience point of view interaction Mm -hmm. why has it triggered me? Mm. and what mm. can i
1: learn from this mm. i love that casper a wonderful way to introduce our conversation i think where i'd love to go first is to explore what is a trigger because it's a language of parlance that we use as coaches yeah we use the word trigger but what does it really mean what does it mean to be triggered triggering is the range of emotions and feelings and experiences as casper said uh it can trigger some internal narrative which isn't so healthy But the initial point of triggering is often an embodied experience. So my own definition of when I'm triggered is when I'm away from inner peace. So anything that causes me to be away from inner peace is a form of a trigger. And sometimes that can be just a a small amount of anxiety or fear. Sometimes it can be the point where I'm in a flat spin. Something's really knocked me off center. Becoming aware of when things are triggering you, I think's part of the journey of inner alchemy it's also part of we'll weave this in later on but it's also part of being responsible and taking a hundred percent responsibility for our inner alchemy our inner, inner state because there may be words that have come in from the outside there may be a situation that's come from the outside but the triggering is our own responsibility and it's an invitation to dig a little bit deeper. I almost see it like it's a knock on a door that I can choose to walk through to explore a little bit more. This is an invitation for me to expand my awareness, to deepen my process, to find more resilience, to sort of really notice what's going on. And so we want you to be aware of your triggering and you may not be aware of it right now. And so it's just it's an invitation to notice that. I love there's a term in Tibetan Buddhism. They use the term shenpa. And shempa means the charge that comes up within you. (laughs) And and I think that's a great description of trigger. So sometimes that charge can be in your belly. It can be really subtle. Sometimes it's in your head. Sometimes it might be in your heart or your chest as a contraction. And sometimes it can overwhelm you. We've talked about this on the podcast before. When I heard that my dad had passed, I got a huge wave. It was like a tsunami of shempa. It's like a totally lost all orientation and awareness. So that's one form of triggering. But other forms of triggering can be you just have a little bit of anxiety about whether you're included in a group. FOMO in some ways is a form of shampa and it's just, there's all these opportunities for us to really start to notice what's happening on the inside.
0: Mm. I love that, Dave. It's that interoception, and I've covered this in earlier episodes of our podcast. This is the ability to really tune into what is going on internally for myself what i usually experience when i'm triggered is a shortness of breath mm-hmm. a quickening of heart rate mm-hmm. sweating of palms and a tightening of mm-hmm. solar plexus that's my main signal i notice a surge of energy but it's not the kind of nice type of energy it's mm-hmm. anxiousness mm-hmm. that doesn't feel very comfortable mm-hmm. what can happen when i'm feeling like this is that i will go and move towards some kind of regulation. This mm. might be like picking up my phone mm. and scrolling, mm. and calling somebody, or finding something mm. to distract myself mm. from the feeling of what is present in my body and mm. what is going on for me at this particular mm. time. Mm. And it's important to understand our mechanisms to create, to achieve balance yeah, yeah, yeah. within yeah. ourselves. Mm. Methods. ...you know, the, the, the negative regulation options... ...smoking, mm. drinking, taking drugs... Mm-hmm. ...online shopping... <laughs> <laughs> eating. <laughs> ...eating... ...over-exercising... Yeah. ...move us away from peace... ...and mm. optimal experience... Mm. Um, mm. ...so... ...sitting with your triggers... ...or the physical experience of having been triggered... ...isn't comfortable... Mm. ...this is where the jewels are to be found... ...it's being able to sit with the experience and move towards it feel it embrace mm. it get curious about it mm. and deepen our understanding of mm. where our
1: boundaries are and where they've been crossed mm. i love that casper that's where when our producer she said oh i got a bit frustrated now and can come back to the work and there was a little smile on well my face and casper's because being a coach that's our role is to be disruptive and it's disruptive with service it's disruption with purpose and the disruption is really what what we're wanting is for us to be a full expression of our authentic selves and to start to drop some of the masks or the stories or disempowering beliefs that hold us back to being our authentic self that's where triggers come in because often triggers are a message from our masks from parts of ourselves that are holding us back some might say our ego are saying no don't change i'm really comfortable where i am <laughs> please the yearning from the heart the yearning from spirit is calling us forwards and that's the interface that we meet place of growth development unfolding is on that boundary between comfort and discomfort it's not about being in discomfort all the time because that's a place of burnout it's an invitation to become more skillful at regulating our nervous system some of the things that dysregulate our nervous system are caused by our mindset our conditioning we can decondition remove that conditioning expand our beliefs move from disempowering to empowering beliefs so that we can navigate more territory in the world without getting dysregulated we can start to walk deeply into the experience of our lives from a place of peace and centeredness my invitation as a coach creating the impact that you want to create in the world from a place of peace love and openness because often underneath those triggers is fear it might not be fear of death the biggest fear of all but there may be a kind of mini ego death that you're invited to experience and mourn and as your ego death you you have that ego death that doesn't serve you so more of who you authentically are is invited to emerge
0: it's that Viktor Frankl quote again between stimulus and response (laughs) there is a space and within that space lies our freedom Yes. so when we have the stimulus if we can create some space to Mm. witness and and, and be in our response we can then choose course of action do we choose to dissociate Mm -hmm. or do we choose to investigate, there's so much in that when I'm triggered, it's usually because I'm not feeling safe scared of Mm. some Mm -hmm. kind of Deeper emotional mm. peace, mm. abandonment, mm. maybe it could, mm. it could be one. Mm. If I'm having a heated conversation with my partner and she triggers me, if I look deeper into that trigger and be like, well, why has that triggered me? It's, mm. it, it may be, again, as you say, Dick, mm. like a fear of abandonment or mm. it triggers a kind of a story of not mm. good enough.
1: Mm. 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 Just pausing there to reflect on what you said, Gaspar. Because it's tenderness. There's tenderness underneath. It's like when you're exploring, what's triggering you and the experience of the trigger. There's. It's also. It can be very tender, and I use the word raw sometimes. There's a wound maybe that's open or healing. So there's an invitation there to, as Casper said, maybe it's abandonment or not good enough or not belonging. That's the trigger for me underneath a trigger, especially if I've had a disagreement with someone i really care about like, oh maybe i don't belong here maybe who i am is too much for this and that is also kind of like when you're fully yourself when i'm fully myself i'm too much for a situational relationship and of course that's a lie that i've learned somehow and it's the unpacking of those lie but it's a lie that i tell myself that holds me back back to the victor frankel quote between stimulus and response There is space, and in that space, it's our choices. That's really what we're talking about here as coaches. With this trigger, you can choose to ignore the triggers. That's a choice. And our invitation is, if you open that door of choosing to become curious about what the triggers are about, you're opening your door to a much richer, fulfilling reality in life. So I'm just smiling to myself. My partner and I, we watched uh, The Matrix, and she'd never seen it before which is wow <laughs> and i'm just smiling at the point where morpheus invites neo to take the red pill or the blue pill and i guess in some ways what we're saying is that if you're choosing to explore your triggers we're asking you to take the red pill and experience reality in a, a new whole and richer way
0: i love that mate that's awesome <laughs> you can ignore your triggers mm. and you set yourself up like oh that triggers me. I don't want to engage in that. These types of conversations trigger me, and you can carve out living that's cozy and comfortable and keeps you away from being triggered. But the the real growth lies within leaning into those triggers. And it's like, why does it trigger me?
1: Yeah, I, I love what you, I've got goosebumps hearing you say that, Catherine, about the comfort zone, because if you imagine the comfort zone is like a circle, and you're in the middle of that circle choose to manage your triggers by not engaging with them so all right, i won't see that person i won't go to that place i won't do that activity what happens is your comfort zone starts to shrink and as it shrinks you have less availability for yourself in terms of living a rich life you're creating a prison for yourself and that prison is getting smaller and smaller and smaller <laughs> and our invitation again is yes comfort zone is great but make your life about expanding your comfort zone my personal experiences as i've explored my triggers and got more comfortable my places of comfort are expanding means i'm open to richer experiences a more varied life there's always an edge into my growth zone what i've learned is the discomfort doesn't ever change in different spaces and that's really part of what coaching is about too is invitation to expand your comfort zone and through that you might say why isn't that just selfish or self-serving yes it is I suppose there's something about being selfish to be selfless and through that practice you become an inspiration for others just by your presence and I think that's a beautiful intention to hold for yourself and others is by expanding your comfort zone you model how to expand a comfort zone and help others expand their comfort zones I
0: couldn't agree more and I I really feel within that Dave it's like (laughs) Creating more. <laughs>
1: that was Poppy just expanding her comfort zone. Uh, listen, She's just come over for a little cuddle, bless her.
0: And what, and what I hear in that, Dave, is you, you're expanding your capacity to create ease within yourself. What it's about, you're moving through life and fortifying yourself against pain by mm. not exposing yourself to triggers. As you say, Dave, you're creating a limited way of operating for yourself. But if we can move into these areas and be okay with sitting with those feelings and exploring what's the why behind this what is this showing me then we can expand our capacity to feel more and and be okay with more i've learned so much from exploring you know, mm. my somatic response mm. my response to being triggered mm. what's the lesson to be learned within this where has this showed up before and in what other ways has this presented itself Mm. What is the story that accompanies Mm. the the trigger? What Mm. is this automatic response? Mm. And if I really go deep on it and follow it down through the years of my Mm. life, I can start to see where Mm. it comes from. This situation that happened to me Mm. during my childhood created Mm. a a narrative within my mind and some wounding. Mm. And when that gets triggered by Mm. somebody saying particular words, for example, or me feeling not good enough, that will just set off a series mm. of cascading mm. thoughts mm. and feelings that accompany that mm. but now i know it's that thing again mm. and it also gives me scope to understand that there's still work to be done
1: i love that There's a couple of words you said right at the beginning about fortify ourselves against pain what came up for me then was like wow that takes so much energy when we put our energy into fortifying ourselves against pain we're actually taking away energy from experiencing life in a more rich and fulfilling way and so it can be a form of stress it can be really tiring exhausting one form of burnout is when we spend a long time trying to fortify ourselves against pain and putting up the walls and maybe we do have patterns which are over exercising or eating drinking or whatever but they're they're all like fortifications like i'm going to try and hold this tsunami back but in the end you can't um and it will come through and the other thing really ground conditions for change and and i was thinking about my own journey of that we're talking about these triggers from a place of non-judgment i love what you said casper about uh, that comes from when i was five six or seven and a lot of our triggers are their conditioned responses of how we learn to stay safe as children there's no blame with our parents of doing the best job that they could at the time with the information that they had but that's how we interpreted a reality in a child's perspective and what we're offering is create an environment of non-judgment where we can safely explore that i just went back to probably 15 years ago the environment that I was in and the people I was around were very judgmental. So they judged my behaviors and made those behaviors right or wrong. That was very damaging to me. It's damaging for them, but damaging for me. As I evolved, I realized that I want to be surrounded by people that kind of saw my behaviors and then would ask me, what's going on for you there, Dave? Where's that behavior coming from? That's being driven from a value or a belief. doesn't seem like that's serving you let's have a conversation about that so it's a place of real love and kindness of being surrounded being accepted we're all human beings we're not human perfect we're all work in progress and so i think there's another part of this is really about making sure that you are in a place where you've got conditions around you that support your development and that's part of the role of a coach is to it may be the one place in in your life where you can be completely yourself without judgment it's a container where you can just fall apart a little bit you can rant rave express yourself in a way that may feel totally alien but from a coach's perspective say okay what's that like what's going on behind that that is just a symptom and a signal of a mindset or a set of conditioning that has come up and is ready to transform Mm, i love
0: that listening to you speak dave and within my own experience Mm. uh, with coaching that i have been part of we're both coaches Dave yes. and I. yeah we have coaches yes we're not just sat on a pedestal yeah. and mm. being like oh we're healed we don't have any shadow there's, mm. there's, there's, mm. there's nothing to explore further coming into spaces with no judgment mm. and uh, a space where you're being listened to fully mm. and you can express yourself mm. safely and i think mm. this is In bold, underlined, Mm. double underlined. Mm. So safety Mm. to really, yeah, as you say, Dave, let yourself fall apart. And it's Mm. within that falling apart, then you can start to also uncover those Mm. patterns and um, behaviors Mm. and ways of reacting. Mm. And once you start to peel away at those, you can really see what's the driver behind that. And where does that emanate from? Are you then operating when you've been triggered from a place of fear, of, from a place of shame? Mm. It's such an interesting ground
1: for... I got a little bit distracted then, Casper. Just <laughs> sent me
0: off on that, and I don't know where I went. Dave and I have been discussing mm. what do they feel like within the body, where can they come from, the invitation to explore our triggers and the transformational bridge that can happen mm. through investigating our triggers and really getting under the hoods with why they've arisen and where they've come from and how by doing so it's about our way of being and our capacity to deepen our self-awareness and all the beautiful things that come with exploring our triggers. What I want to talk about now is around when we are triggered, when we are in that heightened States we're in that sympathetic state what happens when we act from that place we start to perpetuate fear or shame within ourselves we uphold the story mm. that the trigger holds mm. about ourselves Not enough the abandonment or mm. wh- whatever that trigger can surface for you the stories mm. that accompany that and whilst sitting with that discomfort and not reaching for a coping mechanism or strategy or outsourcing and trying to move ourselves away from that pain through an external influence the invitation here is to bring yourself back into a regulated state through the breath Mm -hmm. i find when i've been triggered that i will be holding my breath Mm -hmm. up within my chest and I really feel it just beneath my sternum so mm. the, my breath is up and there's tension just underneath the ribcage there'll be a lot of action going on within my solar plexus it's like all those nerve endings in my gut are firing <laughs> and I have this shortening of breath and I notice to myself ah okay here I am I'm noticing this response in my body and I just let it go it's almost funny every time I do it I'm like oh yeah I just need to take a breath mm. Just let that tension just drop down. So when we're moving from a sympathetic state to a regulated parasympathetic state, we're looking for a longer exhale versus inhale. Some conscious breaths can help us settle down. There are other ways that we can regulate, but the breath is easy because we can do that anywhere. And we have control over that action. And depending on the degree of the intensity of the trigger, sometimes it will take us a short period of time to come back into regulation. Sometimes it may take longer, depending on the severity of, of what you've experienced. But getting out into nature is one of the most powerful ways that I can regulate myself. Mm. I put my phone down, or drop all tools, and get outside for a walk, mm. continue with mm. conscious breathing mm. and um, get into nature. Mm. Being around regulated people we co-regulate with others Mm. so Mm. being around a supportive partner colleague friend Mm. family member helps us a lot Mm. coming into contact with somebody who is grounded Mm. and at peace we're like radio Mm. transmitters constantly picking up each other's signals being with somebody who is centered and grounded brings us back into regulation Mm. what type of decisions What type of actions, Mm. what type of conversations, what are you continuing to perpetuate when you stay in that heightened state? And I'm inviting you listeners to think about that. Imagining yourself, you're triggered, you're stressed out. There might be anger, sadness, name the emotion present Mm. for you when you're in that state, what actions are you mm. making from there? what types mm. of conversations are you having internally are you just continuing the story that accompanies the trigger sit with it be with it when you are triggered bring yourself back into a regulated state and then we can start to explore well, what happened for me there why did i have such a powerful reaction
1: mm. thank you I, I love that question so why is it so important as what is it that we want to perpetuate in our lives about the human kind of like system that oscillates um, or flows between states of sympathetic activity when you are connected to your purpose and your well-being then it flows into a space of parasympathetic rest integrate heal fuel feed state and most humans that every hour and a half to two hours and what we're talking about here is what happens when we go from one triggered state to another. So we stay perpetually in the sympathetic nervous system. That's the point at which our nervous system can get ragged, cause challenges with sleep, exercise, burnout. And the breath is the place to connect us back into our parasympathetic nervous system, which is the place of heal and grow and integration. And um, it's such a simple method it's literally, as Kasper said, and sages, neuroscience, modern science now says the same thing, which is make your out-breath longer than your in-breath for two or three minutes and notice the difference and shift in your system. Just between my shoulder blades, just between my heart, my breath stops there. <laughs> and then I sometimes i have to really breathe through. it's like a lump that i have to breathe over to get deep down and the outbreath starts to relax that muscle wherever that tension is i notice literally my head relaxes all muscles in the neck and head start to get tight by perpetually paying attention to my breath and dropping my breath that allows me to be in that place of sympathetic nervous system regulation when you're in a state of constant sympathetic arousal you make different decisions the types of decisions you make from allowing yourself to go from sympathetic to parasympathetic to sympathetic to parasympathetic again nature that's the that's the invitation like that breath is the space back to the Victor Frankl quote gray between stimulus and response is the space and in that space is our choice. Make that choice a breath a long deep breath and then make it another one and notice what comes up for you it may be. That you need to rest for an evening or it may be that you need to go and spend some time with some friends it may be i'll go make some sauerkraut or I'll bread or i'll get in the kitchen put some music on being active but a different space than being driven those are places for me which are also healing nurturing creative creativity is also i've recently got into music i'm learning the guitar and that also is a place of triggering edge <laughs> as i recognize that how i see myself playing in my mind and what my fingers and bodies can actually do there's a big gap <laughs> and the playing and the lessons is the closing of that gap and that's the invitation is to start to recognize all those places where we can really start to feel our way through our lives and make different decisions from that place casper holds this optimal well-being is like part of his central focus as a coach i hold purpose as a central focus for myself and i can hear both of those things coming up in this conversation of like what choices are you making to be an optimal well-being what choices are you making to stay on purpose the way to do that is to be aware of our triggers our triggers can be a signal to take us away from our purpose not to well-being but they can also be a doorway or a trigger or an invitation to refining and become closer to our optimal well-being and purpose as we refine our beliefs from how we experience the world. What I hear
0: is you're, you're speaking to how, how do we nourish ourselves mm. when we're in these heightened states and we're dysregulated, we're good, the thought mares are present. Nourishing ourselves through whatever brings us joy. And I see this a lot with my clients so busy we're rushing from one thing a million and one things to do whilst also being hyper connected on our mm. phones and living above the shoulders and just in our minds mm. and it can be difficult to tune into the mm. the signals that our body mm. is giving us and very and also very easy to just be like so it it's just that kind of slowing down and that out breath that like relaxation and giving yourself space to look after yourself. I've just recalled a time that I was really triggered and this opened up a big area of curiosity and investigation for myself as to this situation had such a big impact on me. I told myself this story that I'm just not comfortable public speaking it sends me into a bit of a tailspin mm. it really triggers mm. me it, it, all mm. all of that somatic response comes off when i get panicked I'm, I'm basically in that fight or flight tight throat sweaty palms heightened heart rate my gut is essentially just like giving off all the signals like this is dangerous this is scary and there i am with a microphone in hand mm. trying to act cool and calm but inside the fireworks are going off i bought into the belief that i don't like public speaking A couple of years ago, something happened to me. I was in a a sharing circle with a coaching group and a bunch of coaches, there were probably about 15 of us uh, together. It was part of a workshop. We were all introducing ourselves um, at the beginning of the workshop and telling uh, the group a little bit about us, our, our vision and purpose, and just a bit of a background. I remember this talking stick getting closer to me Mm. and the closer it got the more Mm. this sensation just built up within me it got so intense Dave once the talking stick arrived in my hand I was barely able Mm. to Mm. my sentences together I could hear it in my voice that Mm. it was like my vocal cords tightened and I just couldn't really articulate myself properly I was really struggling to get my words out I managed to, to, to put something together that was passable. I remember that sensation stayed with me for a long time, mm. a good hour or two until I climbed down off that mountain of intense somatic response. I came home, sat down, and I thought to myself, that's odd. What was that all about? Mm. And I spoke to my partner, who's also a, co- a coach, and she's trauma-informed. Mm. And so she took me on a process. She uses a practice called EFT, which is Emotional Freedom Technique. A powerful methodology to help release essentially trauma trapped within the body. Mm. There's, a, there's a process that she takes clients through to help release energy within the body that has been stored. And we had a conversation. I told her about this situation and she said to me, When was an earlier time that this happened? Mm. So I told her and she was like, And tell me about another earlier time. Mm. Go back. Mm. And she said to me, when was the first time you remember this happening? Mm. I was in a classroom. Mm. Mm. I was Mm. six years old. Mm. And I remember putting my hand up to answer a question. Mm. And the teacher asked me to explain my answer. Mm. And all the Mm. kids just Mm. could sense that I didn't have the answer. Mm. A couple of people started giggling. This awful feeling within myself and just feeling very small, upset and from that point I fortified myself against Mm -hmm. that pain by Mm -hmm. just saying speaking out is scary, Mm -hmm. so I didn't want to feel that pain or shame again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I stopped putting my hand up Mm -hmm. and I Mm -hmm. stopped putting myself out there to talk in front of others because I don't want to feel that pain again Mm -hmm. and we grow up and we think, oh, I was a child. Now mm. I'm an adult. But mm. no, we, we're just a collection of experiences. That was a painful experience for me. Now as an adult, a six foot one, mm. quite a big guy, mm. strong, had success in my mm. businesses. I'm a life coach. Mm. I find myself in that situation. I'm just reliving that incident that happened when I was six mm. years old. It's those mm. same feelings and mm. I coming up.
1: Mm. Casper, thank you for sharing. It's such a, a beautiful example of what happens when we get triggered. And it's a lowercase T trauma in some ways, and that's not to minimise your experience. And what I mean by a lowercase T trauma is that from the outside and to everyone else it's just a normal classroom experience. But as a young child you internalise that as I'm not safe, I'm I feel threatened and it gets locked in that's what triggering can be about because it's in your limbic system stored in your amygdala codes i'm six again and i'm not safe and that's where trauma-informed coaching eft matrix re-imprinting can help resolve and unpack that particular form of triggering and help release that trauma and so i want to share with our listeners is that it's not uncommon i've had a similar experience when i first started lecturing i was terrified And I sought a coach at that point. In a similar way, I I was taken through a guided visualisation. The visualisation I'd created was when I was lecturing, I don't know, 150 students, that they all wanted to knock me down, right? And I don't know, that had come from a childhood experience as well of speaking up and then being made wrong through this guided visualisation, and I reframed it. And I had a belief that, what i had to say was always going to be wrong or criticized and went through reframing that to actually i'm in an auditorium of friends the people in the auditorium are there they're interested they want to learn it's a co-creative relationship <laughs> you agreeing puppy but again it was like it was terror that i experienced Real terror, lowercase t trauma terror. It wasn't from any kind of experience. Uppercase T trauma is is whether your life is properly at risk, whether that's through a kind of a soul or some kind of car accident or traumatic event. And the lowercase t trauma, again, is, is where, as a young child, you encoded it as threat, whether there was threat there or not. So that's the sort of thing that can also keep us in this sympathetic Fight or flight—it gets the adrenaline going. It makes it difficult to come down from as well. When you're triggered, I knew, and I'm sure you were the same, Casper. I wasn't actually in control of the decisions I was making in some ways. My limbic nervous system had taken over, and I was experiencing fear. And I had a dry throat. I couldn't think clearly. I wasn't articulate. Everything sort of shuts down because really, what our body wants to do is run. When we're constantly stress on the system, it's distress. On this, you can have eustress, which is when we're in a sympathetic place, and it's healthy. It helps us thrive. It helps us grow. But this kind of stress, the distress, is where our system isn't regulated, and it, it just wants to move and get out there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it, just listening to you speak there, Dave, is I just wanted to run. Just, let's get out of here. <laughs> <This> is, <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. Not safe. Yeah, yeah. I do not like this one bit. And I, yeah. I walked into this. I had sat down and was like, okay, we're going to share. And it started yeah. to come on. But the interesting thing here is that by going through this process of witnessing this huge somatic response, very uncomfortable experience, and all the stories that are with it, I mm. stayed, and I was present to it, and I was like, okay, this is interesting. And also, I couldn't mm. regulate with anything outside mm. of myself. I was, mm. no, was just sat in a circle, so I couldn't mm. run, I couldn't, run, I couldn't mm. pick up my phone, I couldn't mm. self-soothe. And actually, when I came off the back, being curious to it rather than perpetuate the story, which is... I don't like public speaking. Mm. Okay, Mm. that's I've been triggered. Mm. I have the story. And the one option is just to go, okay, I just don't like public speaking. Continue to perpetuate that story. And then any time an opportunity comes and actually speak from the heart, I don't do it
1: and here's the irony you're on a podcast now
0: <laughs> I want to change this and understand where it's come from because if it's showing up here then mm. it's definitely showing mm. up in other places mm. it might not just be like speaking that might be the sort of like the 10 out of 10 is mm. standing up in front of 100 people and speaking mm. Mm. but actually a kind of a four might be mm. sharing with five friends around a table yeah. and actually I've got something really mm. valuable to share mm. Mm. but there's that little thing mm. in my subconscious that goes, "Nah, that's not safe Mm. Mm. or somebody says why don't you say something or do you Mm. want to share and you're like no I won't Mm. but what you do have to share could be extremely valuable to Mm. somebody Mm. who's had a similar experience or Mm. is going through something Mm. it really comes back to that I've been triggered I'm noticing that response within my body I'm climbing down Mm. the mountain Mm. and I'm now going to regulate myself but now I'm going to explore why Mm. is that there
1: Mm.
0: Mm. and that's where we can Deepen our awareness mm. of ourselves
1: mm. and trans- the transformation of the triggering happens like offline and after the experience. It's that invitation to get really curious about what happened there. I think a large par- portion of the population fear public speaking over dying. So this is really high up there in terms of experience, and that's an example really of how a trigger uh, and not exploring a trigger can start to limit our lives because i love what you're saying about it It may hold you back when you're out with a meal with friends or sharing because it's healing for us to communicate openly and from our hearts it's reciprocal we're holding ourselves back They don't get to experience the whole of who you are if you're not able to do that that kind of goes back to the invitation that triggers a door way for us to expand our being as a person in the world and our connection and to share our brilliance unashamedly and fully in the world
0: be ourselves 100 nice Nice.
1: we hope you enjoyed listening to the inside job as much as we enjoyed recording it if any of the topics we covered in this episode opened up a space of reflection or inquiry for you or if you had any questions we would love to hear from you you can find our
0: email addresses in the show notes below thanks again for listening